You're listening to The Truth with Studi on the Stream Grace Network. Welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome everyone to this special episode of The Truth with Studi. Listen, if you have tried to tune in earlier this week, Tuesday night at 7, or last Tuesday at 7, uh, you probably were asking, where are you at, Studi? Well, I was out of pocket, and so that is why tonight you are getting a special Thursday night live broadcast of The Truth with Studi. Hallelujah. Well, it's I've been extremely busy, praise God, but good busy, um, not binge watching Netflix busy, but good productive busy. In fact, I can't even tell you the last time I turned on a platform like one of those to watch a show or movie. It's been literally months because I've been so busy, but good busy, praise God. And um, last week, I had the fire conference there at the River Church of Tampa Bay. This week, got the that the Southwest Believers Convention out here in Fort Worth, Texas, where it's been 150,000 degrees. I'm telling you, if you want to witness to people about going to heaven and, and, and escaping and shunning uh, hell, <laughs> well, <laughs> now's the time to do it. I'll tell you, if you hit the streets of uh, Texas right now or Oklahoma, the way these temperatures have been and let people know you think this is bad, you, you, you sure don't want to go in that other hot place, right? Anyway, the, the harvest is plentiful, right? <laughs> Praise God. Well, tonight, listen, folks, I want to talk about unseen victories. That's right. And if you remember, several weeks ago, it's been about a month now, I I had a message, and and you can pull it up on any of my platforms, any of the uh, podcast platforms, whether it be Podbean, um, you know, uh, you can pull it up on Google, you can put it, um, iHeartRadio, it it doesn't matter, whatever platform you prefer to listen to, go out and check out the message if you haven't yet, entitled, It's Fixed, and part of that message Uh, The reason it's called It's Fixed is the fact that if you look throughout the entire word of God and you're a believer, you're a follower of Christ, and you study the Bible, you study his word throughout the 66 books, right? You will see, I believe it's 1,190 chapters all throughout that wonderful collection of God's written word. And to the very end is nothing but trial, tribulation, and victories. Trial, tribulation, and victories. So what does that mean? That means, again, like I said in that message before, if you were going into a fight, if you were going into a contest, and you knew it was fixed, in your favor, if it was already predetermined you were going to be the winner, what would your confidence be? 
where would your peace be? How would your calmness be knowing you already have the victory? Again, I've heard it said, um, I, I, I think it, uh, I've heard several um, of the motivational speakers or ministers over the years. They said, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you put your hand out to do? And here's the thing. When you are walking in faith, that is true. That is true that whatever you set your hand to do, um, the word of God says do it with all your, your, your might, right? But then you're going to have the victory. Why? Again, not by might, not by power, but by God's spirit, saith the Lord. I want to go to 1 Corinthians and chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and if we'll all the way down to verse 56, there's a lot of verses in this chapter. Well, in verse 56, it says, The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do you get the victory? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do you not get the victory? When you are walking in sin. Another way is if you're being religious, if you're being a Pharisee, if you're being a Sadducee, which I don't know why you want to be either one. I mean, even the name itself, you know, you wonder why, why were they sad? You see, I mean, <laughs> They were living by the law. They were living by the law. And nobody can keep the law. The law is impossible to keep. Only one person was able to do everything according to the law and not sin and not fail. And that was Jesus. And so, therefore, that's why we have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, in the Amplified, again, those same verses in 1 Corinthians 15, 56 and 57, it says, Now sin is the sting of death. And sin exercises its power upon the soul through the abuse of the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory, making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you wanting to be a conqueror? Well, then you get plugged into the source. You get plugged into the conquerors of all conquerors, right? Who defeated death, hell, and the grave, right? And that's Jesus Christ. And in fact, in Romans 8, 31, it says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Now, I want you to read that again. I want you to highlight it. I want you to underline it, especially the second part. In verse 32, 
He said he did not spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all. Who did he give him up for? For you, for me. Did he only give them up for certain people? Was God a respecter of persons? Not according to this word. And his word is his truth. And his word here says he did not spare his own son. Who, who was that? Jesus. But he gave him up for us all. For all of us. Every one of us. Hallelujah. So how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things so what does it say what god would give us would it say give us a little bit of things that he said give what what things that we deserve did he say we would get things that we worked hard for in religion and doing what's right and 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 crawling to mecca on our knees crawling to china on our knees i mean i remember tourniquet had a song as crawl to china it's like this religious thing about you know, doing these crazy religious things to earn salvation, to earn righteousness, to earn gifts from God. But here, we don't have to earn it. It's a free gift, right, through Jesus Christ, that he graciously gives us all things. And I love this in that, you know, I've, I've, I've known these scriptures for more than four decades. I've been studying this awesome word of God all my life. Now, I will admit there are a lot of religious things I've learned early in my life. I've had to really get those purged out of me by the grace of God that the Lord would, you know, teach me and, and, and show me and lead me through a spirit and through correction and proper guidance uh, to get a lot of those things out of me that were religious, traditional things, but uh, praise God, uh, you know, he's done that, and he's still working on any, you know, things that might remain, but what's amazing is, you know, just a couple weeks ago, I took my motorcycle, my uh, 2006 Honda VTX, it's a beautiful blue color, great little motorcycle, I've rode that quite a bit, I've had it for many, many years, well, I took that thing out and I put some miles on it. Probably the longest trip I've taken in probably 10 years. I did about a 160 mile round trip. I didn't have any particular place in mind. I just wanted to get out, enjoy the weather. It was 75 degrees in the morning. Went out into the country. Uh, there in Oklahoma, heading out to northwestern Oklahoma. And I'm telling you, if you've ever rode a motorcycle, you know what I'm talking about. You know, the Lord likes to ride motorcycles. The Holy Spirit will ride along with you. And there's nothing like fellowshipping with the Lord on a motorcycle. You're out there with nature, with the wind just uh, going through you, coursing through you, and, and being able to focus on God's creation and focus on him. And so that's what I was doing. And I'm riding out there, and I'm, I'm heading from, I, I had just got through eating some breakfast in Kingfisher, Oklahoma. If you're from uh, outside of Oklahoma or in some other country, um, we have a town called Kingfisher, Oklahoma. Uh, I, I've only been there once before, so this was only the second time I've been there. Found some good grub to eat, praise God, and then jumped on that motorcycle 
I hit some vintage stores up and I headed out further west and I ended up in Watonga. Well, that highway, that back country highway that went from Kingfisher to Watonga, I'm just driving on that highway and there's no vehicles. I probably seen one vehicle in that entire trip going from Kingfisher to Watonga and it's about 30 miles or so. And I'm driving along. I'm riding along on my motorcycle. I'm enjoying, enjoying the weather. I'm enjoying the scenery. There's just beautiful fields of grass. There's, you know, there's cattle out there. There are beautiful trees and just, just all of God's creation. Looking up in the uh, clear blue sky with beautiful, just bellowy cotton candy white clouds fluffy white clouds and i'm just fellowshipping with the lord now holy spirit just starts speaking oh so clearly to my spirit no different than if i was had a uh, communicator like a bluetooth communicator in my helmet and someone was on the back of my motorcycle with me or on another motorcycle communicating directly with me uh, it was clear as day. And the Lord just said, look at my creation, Michael. Look at all this. Do you see those trees over there? And I said, yes, Lord. He goes, I made them for you. Do you see the fields of, of wheat over there? I made those for you. You you see the green grass and those flowers that you're passing and the, the winds blowing them. And it looks so beautiful. I said, yes, Lord. He goes, I made it all for you. He said, those pretty birds, all those, those, um, scissor tail birds flying by and, and a red bird you know and this bird and that bird and just uh look up at the look at the sky look at that canvas i painted for you today with those beautiful clouds i said yes lord thank you lord he goes i did it all for you he goes i created all things for my creation i created men put them in the garden i created all these beautiful things and he says and you've been to the Bahamas, you've been to Hawaii, you've seen some of my most beautiful creation. I said, I did, Lord. He goes, again, I I didn't spare anything. I made all this. And he goes, it was even better before the fall, before Adam and Eve fell, before the fall of man. He goes, you think that looked beautiful? You think that paradise that you saw in Hawaii with the 22 different rare species of birds look beautiful. You think all those hundred and something species of flowers look beautiful and the smell of the air in Hawaii is so lovely. He goes, you think that's something you ain't seen nothing yet. He goes, you ought to see what I, I made for Adam and Eve before they fell. You should see what I've got for you and my children in eternity in, in in heaven, in paradise, hallelujah, and on the new earth. He goes, you hadn't seen nothing yet. And I just was so excited. I was so thrilled just thinking about what our Abba, Abba, our heavenly father, what my heavenly father was sitting there telling me, just blessing me. And then he said something that just permeated my soul. It filled me with such joy. And it was this, he says, Michael, he says, Michael, do you realize there's nothing more I can give you? He says, did you know that I've already given you my best? I've given you 
everything. And I said, yes, you have, Lord. But it really, really struck home. It really got the, I really got their full revelation. And it was of this verse. I wasn't even, I didn't even know. I wasn't thinking of this specific verse. But basically this applies where he says, therefore, my beloved uh, brothers, you know, where he says, but be give thanks to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But then that was in that verse. But then going back to Romans 8, 32, he said, who he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And so this is what God was telling me. He goes, I have given you all things, Michael. When Jesus went to the cross and he became sin for you and for me and all mankind, he took on the form of sin. He did not sin himself. He never sinned himself. And the reason God the Father, he turned his back on him because because God's a holy God. He can't be around sin. He can't even look at sin. So Christ Jesus came the only part of the Trinity that experienced being sin. He was sin. He became sin for us to be the ultimate sacrifice for our salvation. And so that we could be clothed in his righteousness and in that. He got the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and he gave us the victory through him. And so we have the victory through him. And so in that, we have all things. So the next time you find yourself trying to complain or gripe about something you don't have, bite that tongue. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue, and by God's grace... By his word right here, we see we have all things. Another thing, you know, speaking of biting on the tongue, one of the the gold nuggets that I got this week I wrote down, and that was with um, Pastor Keith Moore. If you don't know Keith Moore, he's a an amazing pastor. He's been around many, many decades, uh, a student of Rama, a student of, uh, of uh, Papa Copeland, Daddy Copeland, uh, or not Copeland, I'm sorry, Hagen, Daddy Hagen, uh, Kenneth Hagen, from, uh, who, who's gone on to being with the Lord years ago. But Kenneth Hagen, just uh, if you don't know who that is, he is a giant in the faith and uh, just an amazing, amazing man of faith that walked this planet when he was here and had a boldness and faith and did not doubt. Uh, But uh, he he was a student of Hagen. And Keith Moore said earlier this week, he said the Lord told him one time, and I wrote this down because it was good. And, you know, going back to, hey, bite your tongue if you're saying something negative, right? Well, this is what the Lord told Keith, and I guarantee you, it just, again, God's not a respecter of person. If he told Keith this, rest assured, I guarantee you, you can use it. I guarantee I can use it. But let me share it with you, let you determine whether it would be valuable for you to apply it to your own life. 
But this is what God told Keith. He said, don't ever talk or meditate on what you don't know. Number one, don't ever talk or meditate on anything that you don't have. And then finally, the third point, don't ever talk or meditate on those things that you can't do. Say that again. Don't talk or meditate on something you don't know about. Don't talk or meditate on something you don't have. And don't you talk or meditate on stuff you can't do. I want you to think about your thought life and your and when you meditate on things and when you think on things, right? If we took these three things out of our repertoire of thinking and meditating and talking about it, boy, you talk about freeing up some time. I don't know about you, but that frees up a lot of time for me to do a lot of good productive things and to think on good things as uh, Paul talks about in Philippians 4, right? Think on these things. And so with that comes faith. What can we think about? What can we meditate on, right? So that we can get the victory in any and all things. So what is faith? Faith in the Hebrews 11, starting with the verse 1, says, Now faith is. So let's break that down just right at the beginning. Now faith is. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So I'm going to say that again. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, right? And scripture says we walk by what? We are supposed to walk by faith, right? I believe that's in, uh, well, let's turn over there. Make sure I'm right on this. I believe it's second, let's go to, Second Corinthians, if you'll join me in Second Corinthians here. Give me a minute here, I'm pulling this up. In Second Corinthians uh, 5, 7, I believe. Let's see, Second Corinthians. I got the old page Bible. I'm, I'm, uh, I got the old paper Bible. I actually use my digital one. But praise God, I've got the good old uh, hardcore in the flesh, black and white with the red letter Jesus words in it. But we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 5. And actually, I want to start with verse 6 here. It says, therefore, we're always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. And then verse 7 says, we live by faith, not by sight. Okay? We live by faith, not by sight. Why is that? Why is that? If we live by faith, faith is what? Faith is eternal. Faith is 
things of God. Faith, faith is never changing. It's constant. Faith is eternal. Okay. But what about the things that you see? I want you to think about your situation. I want, I want you to use a situation you're praying about right now. Is there something you're praying for? Is there something, uh, are you in a situation that you need help with? It's outside of the realm of you being able to fix it yourself, right? Um, are you praying for a child to be saved? Are you praying for a family member to get a miracle healing? Are you praying for that rent money to come in for this next month? Are you praying for bill money? Um, are you praying that you, you, you know, you, you pass this next class? Maybe you're trying to finish up college or I don't know what that is. You've got a broken down car and you're, you're praying for a, a miracle that, you know, that, that car is on its last leg and you need another car. I don't know what your situation is, but I need you to think about your situation that you're praying about. Now, those are things that you can see. What's, what, is, what is it about things you can see? What is it about your current circumstances and situations? Those things are dynamic, meaning they can change and they will change. They don't remain the same. Your situation can change. Just as soon as a situation has gotten really bad in your life, well, in that same amount of time, it can get really good, okay? Just as quick as your your um, your your teenager or your grown child or whatever, just as quickly as they've walked away from the Lord and they're not living in the way that you raised them to, right? To be obedient to the Lord, to be walking in with the Lord and in, and in His Word and being guided by a Spirit and being aligned with the Spirit. Maybe they're they're going off and they're they're doing like the prodigal son, right? They're going and they're just partying. They're partying it up. They're hitting the they're hitting the clubs every weekend. Maybe they're shooting up, right? They they got their 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 meth heads or, you know, they're they're on heroin. I don't know how bad the situation could get, but as soon as quick as that happened from the time that they walked away from the Lord and went to that lifestyle. God is the God of the impossible, and he can make that situation change. And he has, like my, my brother Jeremiah Smith always says, he has more than a million ways in which he can do that. So just know that we don't go by sight. We don't go by what the current condition is, by the current circumstances. But what what is faith? We, we, we walk by faith. Those things that are unseen, those things that are hoped for, right? Scripture talks about calling those things to be as though they were, you know. And I'll say, I will tell you, there's a slippery slope out there today. There's a new age movement going on where everybody's going, I'm going to manifest this. I'm going to manifest that, right? You have to be very careful because manifestation, it needs to happen under faith in Christ Jesus, what you're manifesting, because you can get on the dark side and you can get things manifested, but it ain't going to be of God. Okay. Uh, if it's not through Jesus Christ, as it's not of God and it gets manifested, there's a price to be paid for that. I promise you. 
The devil don't give freely. What does it say? It says you can gain the whole world, but lose what? Your soul. Um, but but other than that, it says the, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. But I, I say that because there's a lot of people going, yeah, I'm going to manifest that. I'm going to manifest. Well, you know what? The, 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 the way to manifest is have faith in God. Have faith in his word. Believe that you have received is what his word says, right? Believe that he has given you all things, that it comes through him, okay? The supernatural is activated by your faith in Christ Jesus. It's not, you're not controlling the supernatural where, where, where these, these new age people and this, it's just pure paganism. It's no different than Satanism where these people are going, I am this and I am that. And I'm you. No, 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 no. No, uh, Moses came uh, came across a burning bush. He got to get introduced the first time to the God of I am. He says, "Who? what's your name? Who shall I say sent me? He says, I am that I am. God is the only I am. Now, you can claim that I am within you, Christ Jesus, that worketh in you, right? And we're Christians, which little Christ, we have Christ within us, but we ourselves are not gods. We are the children of God. We are co-heir with Jesus Christ. And that's why we've been adopted into the family. And that is why we have this inheritance and that God has given us all things. And so that means whatever your current situation is, you can apply these words to it. When, when you pray God's will, all you got to know is what, what is God's will? God's word is his will. God's will is his word. If you find it in the word, like what we just did, then you know it's God's will. So you don't have to, if it be thy will, Lord, heal me. No, 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 no. It is God's will to heal you. You don't have to. You don't have to put that out there to go. If it be Thy will, Lord, heal me. No, and Isaiah says, "By His stripes we were healed." Jesus took those stripes that you might be healed. And all throughout the New Testament, it talks about it. Paul addresses it. Okay, so it is God's will. So there's a lot of things you don't have to pray if it be thy will, Lord, okay? Know that his word is his will, and God's will is his word. So is it God's will for you to be healed? Absolutely. Is it God's will for you to be whole, delivered from alcohol, drugs, delivered from uh, even you know, I was addicted to bad food and sweets, right? Because all of its drugs, all that stuff's bad in there because it does the body bad. It messes with the brain. It messes up your chemicals, messes up your thinking. So all those things are bad. So whatever it is, give it to God. You know, walk in his spirit. Sip on the new wine of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because was it in Ephesians, right? It says, be ye not drunk on wine but be filled with the holy spirit that same new wine that peter
talked about in Acts chapter 2, when all the people thought him and the disciples were drunk because they were partying in the upper room, speaking in other tongues, getting drunk on the Holy Spirit? Listen, God's will is for you to have all things. And I guarantee you, I know I'm going to have somebody, and that somebody is you, somebody that's listening that goes, man, Studi, you're talking about that prosperity gospel. Ah, that prosperity gospel. Oh, that prosperity gospel's heresy. Oh, that prosperity gospel, man, them televangelists on TV that's got all the money and they just trying to get everybody else some money. Listen, folks. You read the whole Bible. You go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. You go through in the entire New Testament. You, you go listen to the teachings of Jesus. And guess what you're going to read about over and over and over? Prosperity. What? What it says that he's going to give us all things, doesn't that mean you got to be prosperous? Okay. Now, the problem is, is you got to have the things. The things can't have you. Okay. These same televangelists, you know, I love, I love Brother Kenneth Copeland. He's been, this is his um, Southwest Believers Convention. It's sponsored by him. He's, he started this 42 years ago, and then he got he has Pastor Jerry Savelle, Pastor uh, Jesse Duplantis, um, Jeremy Pearsons, who is actually Brother Copeland's uh, grandson. But all these ministers that come together, they are highly criticized by the media. They're highly criticized because they own jet airplanes and because they have millions of dollars. What's wrong with that? You tell me anywhere in the Bible that says that children of God, that people of God, that the ministers of God is not supposed to have that. You show me that because I haven't read it yet. Okay. Now, I did. I did read where it says, you know, you can gain the whole world and forfeit your soul. But that's not what they're doing. Here, here, here's what's funny is they're giving away more than they've ever earned in their life. They're giving it away. And when God sees a generous giver, first of all, we're his children. But second of all, when he sees that we're giving, he's going to give us more. Because he's like, hey, they're not a lake. They're not a lake. They're not a pond to just accumulate and hoard. But they're a river. I can flow through them. I can use them. Because they're going to put it, the wealth in the right areas, in the right places, and they're going to spread my word. They're going to do the great co-mission, okay? Co-mission, right? To cooperate to do the mission of God, to spread the good news. What's the good news? Well, John 10, 10 says the devil killed, uh, the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus Christ came that you... Again, that's you. He's not a respecter person. So are you a you? Are you a whosoever? <laughs> he came to give you an abundant life, a great, wonderful, filled life. That's not a life to be a, a traditional religious 
uptight religious person that says, oh, oh, Lord, I, I can't I can only have this amount because if I have more than that, I'm a sinner. Oh, oh, I, I guess I got this sickness because, you know, right now I'm going through a dry season and God's testing me. So I've got I've got this thorn in my flesh. I've, I've got to suffer. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jesus didn't go through all that so that you could have bad doctrine, bad beliefs. It all boils down to this, folks. Faith. Faith works. I don't care what your situation is. Faith works. Faith always works. It never fails. Understand that. If you said, listen, I'm having faith, but it's not working. Guess what? That's not faith. You're not utilizing faith. If it's not working, then faith is not involved. Because when faith is involved, faith works. And earlier I talked about Pastor Kenneth Hagin again is gone with the Lord. But they've quoted him this week. Several have quoted him. And I love how they've said that he used to say if you'll stand in faith with the attitude to stand forever in faith, no matter how long it's going to take with that attitude, then it won't take that long for your breakthrough. It won't take that long to get that victory. Again, we're talking about an unseen victory. How are you going to get that victory? By walking by faith. By not letting the things around you, the things that are seen, get you down. You know, and then how do you do it? Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? So what does that mean? Get the word of God in you. Saturate yourself in the word of God. Okay. That's how faith comes. And faith comes by hearing the word of God. That doesn't just mean opening your Bible and reading what's in front of you, but allowing the Holy Spirit to manifest that in your spirit, what he's saying, and then the Lord will speak to you. When he's speaking to you, you know that still small voice. He says, my sheep know my voice. Do what he says. No matter how crazy it sounds, you know it's the Holy Spirit. Don't question him. Don't question you have to trust, always trust in what God's saying. And I want to think, uh, I want to use Peter as an example. When you go read the account of Peter walking on the water, what you're going to find is he didn't go, oh, wow, there's Jesus out on the water. Man, I'm just going to go jump on this water and run to him. I'm going to walk to him on this water. <laughs> no. But Jesus said, come, because Peter said, if it's really you, Lord, bid me come to come out there to you. So Jesus said, come. So Jesus is the word in the flesh. And Jesus is saying, Peter, come on out here on the water. So therefore, Peter has faith 
because he's hearing the word and he acts upon it and he walks on the water. When does he start to sink in that water? Do you remember? It's when he takes his eyes off Jesus. When he takes his eyes off that, off his Lord. You know, we're, fi- we're supposed to fix our eyes on Jesus. Because what did he fix his eyes on? What happened? He started looking at the things he could see that was around him. He seen, you know, the wind and the waves and the water and going, oh my gosh, what am I doing? He got caught up looking at the things that you can see. When Jesus told him to come and he acted on that, he was going by the things that were unseen. And that's why he was able to walk on water. That is the secret of getting your unseen victory. That is the secret of walking on water is having that faith. You go, well, it's tough to have faith in this day and age. Guess what? All you got to do is muster up enough faith. Yeah, the size of a mustard seed. And here's what's cool. You can even go to the Lord. You can even say, Lord, you're really struggling with your faith. Can you say, Heavenly Father, can you help my unbelief? Go read the, about that. When Jesus, when Jesus was uh, praying for a man, for his son, and that that man Ask Jesus, can you help my unbelief? So if you're struggling today, go to Heavenly Father. Go Holy Spirit, help my unbelief. What is it that you're believing for? Remember, the fight's fixed. Remember that unseen victory's already yours. You're not fighting to that unseen victory. The victory's already been given to you. You're fighting from victory. Get that in your spirit today. You might be saying, Studi, listen, man, this all sounds good and everything, but I don't understand any of this stuff you're talking about. I don't even know how to begin. Maybe you're somebody that you haven't been around the word of God. You haven't been in church. Maybe this is new to you. You've never even heard. Maybe that one guy in the Bible that said, I've never even heard of a Holy Spirit. You know, maybe you've never even heard of Jesus. Maybe you never heard the gospel. What's the gospel? The gospel is Jesus came to give you life and to give it more abundantly. He came to save you from a hell. So that you could live in eternity with our heavenly father. And he's made it super simple. He's made it real simple. And that is with Romans. Romans chapter 10. If you do have a Bible, whether you're saved or not, I'd want you to turn to Romans chapter 10. Because I want to give you the formula of how you can be saved. I want you to give the formula for how you can live this wonderful life that I'm talking about. Again, let me pull it up here in my my uh, Bible. I've got Romans 10, and we're going to go to verse. Let's go to verse uh, 9. Actually, let's go back to verse 8 here. But what does it say? The word is near you. 
It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So let's do that right now. Say, Lord Jesus, right now, as your word says, I'm coming into a belief of you, and I want to be saved by you by believing in you, Lord Jesus, as my Savior and my Lord, and confessing you as my Savior and Lord from this day forward that you would live in me and walk in me, and that I would experience this abundant life in you to walk by faith and not by sight from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now just write it down. Write that date down. It is August 3rd, 2023. That's your new birthday if you accepted Christ or if maybe you rededicated your life. Hallelujah. You're on to a reset. You reset the base and get that thing going. Well, I am so glad that you joined me on this message today with the Truth with Studi. And it's going to be a short week because tune in at our normal time this next coming up Tuesday at 7 o'clock and see what truth that the Lord would give to us today. On Tuesday, 7 o'clock, Central Standard Time next week. Just like you, I'm just anticipating. I'm excited too. Because praise God, I don't even know what God's going to bring us next week. I'm just looking forward to it. I know he's going to have a good word for us. Hope this message finds you well. Be safe. Go with God. And know that you already have the victory in Christ. Jesus. Glory!